comes up with two saves in the shootout, and the Maple Leafs on goals from Spezza and Matthews will win this one. Really a game they deserved to win. Agreed. Yep, agreed. I agree with Joe Bowen on the call there. The Leafs are 4-3 winners in the shootout. They definitely deserved, I'd say, even a better fate from that. Gord, a lot to get to from tonight's game. I just want to touch on something quickly and then move on. That was Bush League from Raquel at the end, shooting the rebound in after Campbell already stopped it. It doesn't really matter. Campbell looked like minorly annoyed, but he stopped it, and then Raquel hammers his rebound in. Of course, it doesn't count because of the shootout. I just I couldn't stand that. Uh, this isn't quite Logan Stanley waving his arms after uh, not fighting Wayne Simmons or, or whatever it was. But uh, yes, I just I wanted to get that off my chest because I didn't like it. And, and, you know, Campbell kind of had the, the reaction like, are you bleeping kidding me? And then kind of just said, <laughs> okay, give me a break, get lost, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's you know, and it's not like it would have hurt him, but you never know what could hurt somebody. You're right, yeah, yeah, kind of a bush play, kind of a bush play. But Jack Campbell made the save, and the Toronto Maple Leafs, as, uh, as mentioned by Joe and Jim and yourself, a game they deserve to win, they do end up winning. Boy, did did they deserve it. it? It was just, you know, run of play after run of play. Again, it's the point I, you know, I always try to make is no team is going to dominate for 60 minutes from start to finish where there's just no pushback from the other team. I, I feel like tonight was about as close as, as you could get to that, especially in a game that ends up going to overtime and the shootout. Two of those goals that get past Campbell, one of them Engvall shoots it off Spets and in. The other one is a crazy high tip that I don't think anybody can can expect, you know, Campbell Campbell to s- stop it there. It's just it, it just it again for a four three final that went to a shootout, that was as clean of a beatdown as I, I feel like you've seen from this Leafs team in a while. Maybe going back to the six nothing shutout against the Sens to start twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. I mean to put in context, the Leafs had a two man penalty in the second period, two man power play, and then they scored and then they called a timeout to kind of reload their rifles and everything. I mean they were just on the prowl and uh, really play, had a great remainder of the power play, except the only thing is Silverberg came out of the box and opportunist, scored, made a 3-2. And got to say, you know, Vinny Lettieri just got recalled and um, or, or has been up and down before with, with Anaheim. I was unaware of his history. I don't know, did you? So his dad was the goaltender for Canada, as was Canada gets what's going to battle Honduras now. And he played internationally soccer for Canada. Uh-oh, and his grandfather no. is Louis Nanny. Louis Nanny, one of my favorites. And, uh, you know, from Louis from the Sioux, but Letty Aries from Minnesota because Louis Nanny kind of was the guy that ran the Minnesota North Stars uh, for so many years. But anyway, yeah, he, got, he gets the goal that ties it. And uh, it shouldn't have been a, you know, it, as far as blown leads go, which unfortunately is there, that has to is a necessary storyline because that's what's uh, plagued the Maple Leafs over the last number of weeks. This this one was different, Brent. This this one had a very different smell test. No, you know what this one kind of felt like, and you know the team wasn't on a run of blowing leads, but you know I think back to when the tide really turned and it kind of went from being Anderson's net to to Campbell's net here, and it just it felt to me like we all the time would have these conversations following Leaf games going. 
all right, that game is not on Freddy, but I need one more save there. Did the team play? And tonight it was kind of the exact opposite. The team played so far and away well that there was nowhere to question that. But it's just that's kind of been the thing lately for Campbell. And, you know, he was so good in the month of November. And I think, you know, like 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 we always say, the you know, the truth is probably somewhere in, in the middle there. But it's just, again, we're kind of having that conversation. And it almost kind of tonight felt like more like those games Peter Mrazek has had where he's just not in it. Like, tonight was Campbell's first game in close to a week. I want to say it's been five, six days since he played, and it just kind of had that feel of the games Morazic's played in, where early on you have the weird one kind of get bounced by you, and then there's the high tip, and it's just for a guy who's been the backbone of this team at, at points in times, it's been nice to see that where he's kind of blipped his toe here, and I'm talking about Campbell, the team has been able to, to pick him up in front of him. Yeah, yeah, they went through the uh, the the phase of uh, him being sen- sensational winning games. That wasn't uh, offered to him. It's actually John Gibson that gets a nod for really, really sharp, but really strong goaltending for the Anaheim Ducks tonight, keeping them in the game. And, you know, you thought it was going to be maybe 3-1, 4-1, whatever, and Mitch Marner, six shots on goal tonight. We talked about it. Uh, his Now, he ends up being minus two because the, the goals were – Power play goals and on for two against. But again, these are tough nights to get a minus because you just described uh, the kind of goals that were scored against the Maple Leafs. But uh, it was great seeing the the Mitch Marner uh, that we like. The Mitch Marner, that's the impact player. 22 minutes, 48 seconds. And uh, just killing penalties, uh, doing it all. And uh, I thought it would be kind of a 4-1, 5-1 whooping. And we'd be talking about Mitch, Ma- Mitch Marner and, and the, the, the A offensive team for them. Yeah, it, it, it did feel like that's the way the night was going. It's funny. So Marner and Tavares, they're paired up again now, although with all the power plays the team had and the success on the power plays, the, the new look lines didn't actually get a, a ton of run just because because you were loading up that power play and calling the, the time out there. You know, it's funny. Those two guys, they're paired back together, Tavares and Marner. And it feels to me like they are almost polar opposites, not necessarily as players, but with Tavares, don't get me wrong. He has had tons of loud, amazing nights as Leafs captain where he scored two goals and he's just a beast. But there's also a lot of nights where you find yourself not outwardly talking about how special Tavares was, but he's just rock solid. Whereas it feels to me like Marner, he is at his absolute best when it's not a quiet, good game from him. It is loud. It's exciting. It's flashy. It's the Marner magic. It's all that stuff. And honestly, that was the biggest flash I feel like we saw of that this season so far you just you had the one play where he got around Shattenkirk to draw the penalty he's setting up he he hammers home the one-timer on the power play like that's the thing about Mitch Marner is even a guy like Matthews I feel like he can have amazing games that are just a little quieter but when Marner is on like this it's just it's so loud and it's so in your face and I think it's a really great sign for this Leafs team because there was a time and point this year where he felt like the one guy of the big four forwards who wasn't really going and there's no way anybody can say that that right now yeah and just one thing to pick up marner six shots on goal nylander Tavares six shots on goal each austin matthews seven shots on goal so of course a lot of that came that just showed how proficient the power play was but you know john Tavares, we talk about it that you watching him game in game out you get an appreciation about the greasy airy stuff the other stuff he does is how strong he is on his skates all those all those other parts that makes him a complete player but you know for a number one overall pick he doesn't have the speed of an of an Austin Matthews, and and not many have the speed of a Mitch Marner, and that's why, to your point, when Mitch Marner shines, it's usually like you know, like uh, uh, just just 
just killing it, just flying like an eagle, just creating havoc, just being the dominant player where Tavares, to your point, um, nose to the grindstone. He he had it tonight because, you know, the, his line hadn't been that strong the last number of games, and that probably was one reason that the lines were balanced and spread out a bit and might have been part of why he got a chance to play with Mitch Marner again because they had so much success a couple of years ago. But uh, So you saw you saw the best in both. You saw the flashy Mitch Marner and the little quieter quieter John Tavares, but both had exceptional nights. Man, at, at one point in the third period, and it's because, look, what are the two if you're kind of listing physical traits for a hockey player? Do you have size or do you have speed? And when the Leafs want to load up their forward line – they could do it either way. They can load it up with speed and have it be Nylander and Marner and Matthews out there. But they threw out a line tonight, and I think it was because uh, Marner had just been kill- uh, just been out on the PK, so that's why these three got loaded up. They threw out a line of Nylander, Tavares, and Matthews, and Tavares was just, I mean, all three of them are as strong as you can get, but Tavares is just such a bull, just throwing his weight around there. I I absolutely love to see it. And again, it's just, he is a guy who I think sometimes because of the contract, because he's a little older than all the other guys, we're always kind of asking, double checking where he's at. I have loved, loved, loved what you've uh, seen from John Tavares tonight. I loved a lot about what I saw from the Leafs tonight, including hearing from some of them. That's what we'll do. Gord Stellick and Brent Gunning here. We will continue to break down a Leafs win in the shootout at home over the Ducks. So keep listening. You're listening to Molson Canadian Leafs Hockey on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Maple Leafs Radio Network. Leafs Nation postgame. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me walking you through what is a 4-3 shootout win for the Leafs. Jason Spezza and Austin Matthews converting in the shootout for the Leafs. John Tavares, William Nylander, and Mitch Marner get the goals during regulation. Marner's an absolutely powdered one-timer. Nylander also on the power play. Hey, look at that. John Tavares was too. Uh, What I'm getting at is the Leafs power play was very, very good tonight. Uh, We have some sound rolling and we're going to hear from the principals in in just a moment's time uh but Gord, just kind of big picture you know again we didn't get to see a ton of it because of the run of power plays and hey i'm never going to complain about that if they're for the right team but uh what did you make of the new look lines tonight i, I thought keith did a great job of kind of really shuffling things through when, when the team's playing that well though i guess it's easy to say the coach uh, did a good job <laughs> yeah 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 exactly exactly it was uh, uh i liked them too i liked them too i mean it's the power play that really shone to your point but I thought there was just a real balance from the word go. The Anaheim Ducks uh, beat Boston the other night. The Anaheim Ducks are not quite on the tear they were, say, a couple of months ago, but they've been a real pleasant surprise. And I I just thought there was a balanced attack. Uh, They lost on the the defensive side. They lost Lilligren early and uh, went with the 5D. Uh, The fifth was Dermott, you know, but guys had to play a lot of minutes, and uh, um, it wasn't like there were tons of scoring chance against them. I thought it was a very, very solid game. Yeah, it was uh, rock, rock solid. I didn't like. I don't think you saw anything tonight that would make Sheldon Key for the team question this strategy when they're on the road in Detroit on on Saturday night. That's that's the next time the Leafs are are back at it. And yeah, I'd imagine you'll see it. Uh, it's funny you mentioned the Marner 
uh, minus two number. When all the goals come on the power play, you can play as amazing as they have. And I mean everything I've said about the way the Leafs have played. Not a single guy uh, with a positive number uh, tonight. The best best number on the team was a whole whack of guys uh, at even. Again, uh, plus minus. Uh, kind of a terrible stat, but uh, kind of fun to uh, take a look at it. You mentioned the the D there. Uh, the fact that Lilligren goes down. He plays just over five minutes in the first period. Anytime that happens, it kind of completely throws the, the defense out of flux. But, you know, I think going back to what we've said about the way the team has played throughout the entire of the game. Yeah, some of that's goaltending that, you know, minimize the scoring. Some of it's, you know, the way the forwards played. But I think you have to tip your cap to uh, to the deep pairs as well tonight, especially when, when it's in flux with just the five guys. And you talked about on the power play, and they were just, you know, the comments were being made that they – we're not giving them opportunities. And then the Leafs ended up getting a, uh, of course, Anaheim did get a shorthanded, uh, well, not an end of, end of a penalty kind of opportunity, but at least got a great shorthanded opportunity as well. You know, Marner, Mikheyev, you know, just in company. It was just solid, solid. And the defense pair, you know, keeping them to the outside, not allowing them to those spots to get those glorious scoring chances. And two of the goals were just uh, just awkward, unfortunate bounces that went the Ducks' way. Yeah, they were. There's again the 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 one Silverberg goal. Okay, you could you could quibble about that, but the the other two, a super high tip and a, an own goal from from Pierre Engvall off the skate of of Jason Spezza. Uh, that's not any way to a to a uh, rock solid goaltending performance, but not necessarily uh, Campbell's fault. Uh, if we're going to talk about goaltending, we should probably talk about the other guy, uh, John Gibson. Leafs have seen a ton of good goaltending. I I don't know that this will live in my dreams or nightmares like Vamelka will, but man, Gibson was phenomenal tonight. Yeah, no, Vimelka's going to be kind of in a class by itself, but I, I, I think. And uh, John Gibson, we've seen how solid he's been. We talked about a Leafs Nation pregame. Actually surprised the Leafs' success they've had against Anaheim. And the only reason I, I kind of knew that was Bruce Boudreaux uh, being a good friend, a good friend of our station and that, that uh, when he coached the Ducks, I knew they'd had hard luck because he badly always likes winning in Toronto. So John Gibson, though, we saw the best of John Gibson, and he – you know, you kind of wonder when the Ducks weren't weren't doing so well last year, and you're kind of saying, okay, is it, is it time to move off from John Gibson, try to get something back from for him? And you know, if you're going on some kind of rebuild, well, well, they're not. Whatever they've done, it's working. And uh, much like Thatcher Demko, Jim Rutherford said that I've taken over a new team. All I know is I have a I have a great number one goalie. That's a great way to start. Leafs look like they have it. Anaheim looks like they have it. Yeah, Ken Holland probably going, you're sure you don't want to rebuild? I would love to uh, get into a bidding war for, for uh, that goaltender there because we, uh, we know he's looking out, out, out in Edmonton. Uh, the thing about it is with when you get, and I don't even want to say it's goalie, you know, there have, been, there have been guys standing on their head. When it's somebody like Vimelka, it's so infuriating because it comes out of nowhere and you've never seen it before. But when it's a guy who has the pedigree that Gibson does and he's kind of respected across the league, it, not that it's any, well, it's a little less frustrating, but you can kind Kind of live with it a little easier, I guess, than you can when it's a guy who kind of comes out of nowhere like Vimelka a couple weeks ago. Well, yeah, it's tough to live with either way. But Vimelka, you're going to NHL.com and, you know, HockeyDB.com. Like, what's going on? Where's this guy from? What planet he's from? How the hell did he get here? Who is this guy? And, and John Gibson, uh, you, you know all about him. So so you, you just sit back and go, yeah, no, John, John Gibson, he's going to do that to you sometime. 
Yeah, he he absolutely is. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, I got a bit of a soft spot for anybody who played on that that young guns team on on in the uh, World Cup of Hockey back in 2016, and he was uh, one of the goaltenders there. Uh, Connor Hellybuck and Matt Murray, the other two. Uh, so not we always talk about the forward talent and the D, uh, which Morgan Riley was a part of. But yes, uh, John Gibson uh, and Connor Hellybuck, not not a bad tandem there. Uh, one guy who I assume would be on that team, actually, I think it might be just a shade too old. Uh, Trevor Zegras, he gets the goal in the shootout tonight, but you know. This is this is one of those guys who, you know, if you're somebody who is following the league at large, you know, he's kind of a a person who you kind of circle the date on the calendar when he comes to town. I know there are no fans in the building tonight, but he's going to be in the kind of shootout challenge at the All-Star weekend. I uh, thought a, you know, relatively pedestrian game for him today. Not bad, but, uh, you know, he had the one move, now that I'm thinking about it, he had the one move where he walks Sandine in the first period, but I don't know that it was the, uh, the you know, the Mitch Marner-like game that you saw out of Trevor Zegers. I don't know that we saw yeah, that. You know, Today. That comparable. He's kind of like Mitch Marner was when he burst on the scene. Trevor Zegers has been giving that kind of excitement world, uh, you know, uh, league wide this year. And you're right. So kind of an ordinary game form. It's funny in the shootout. They must do. I mean, you throw those stats like Raquel was four for four before he took that last shot. Maybe that's why he was pissed and whacked the puck in after. But Zegers four for six. And it was interesting. He just takes his time. It's like he's got 38 different options or so it seems, and he just seemed to barely get it in, but he did seem to find a spot low or along the ice to put it in. But he's uh, he's an exciting player. Uh, I mean, Troy Terry's been their best scorer, but, you know, really we saw glimpses of it, but the Maple Leafs neutralized the team that not everyone's been able to neutralize this year. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, you know, I mentioned the guy we can compare Trevor Zegers to, uh, Mitch Marner. Uh, we'll, we'll hear from Marner in just a sec. But before that, you know, now this is one of those funny stats. I'd love to see what the record was if we started counting a little before that. But for the Leafs' last 23 games with Mitch Marner in the lineup, they're 23, or they're 23 and 0. They've lost three times in their last 23 games when they have wow. Mitch Marner in the lineup. That is, uh, we know he's good. We know he's important. But when you see it put that way, that's pretty jarring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and our buddy Stevie fell, and he does so many great stats and that, uh, you know, just, uh, but yet when Marner was out, the power play was going well. And some people said, you don't need Marner on the power play. And, you know, he's come back and the power play is going great with him. But uh, in any game, any team and COVID, COVID protocols really hammered that home. You know, is when you miss players like the Philadelphia Flyers, Couturier and Ellis, and they miss Kevin Hayes and so many that they've been missing. It's a problem. Uh, you 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 want to be healthy, and you know that's where Keith Yandel. Like you think about it, seventy percent of the players in the NHL have uh, experienced COVID protocol, which means missing a game. And seventy percent of the Leafs, I think we can all, you know, think it through and know about seventy percent of them. And and Keith Yandel beat the odds one last time this particular season. Like a it was like a two and two out of three chance you you would have had that streak would have come come to an end uh, for COVID protocol reasons. Yeah, I thought I thought Joel Quenville was kind of going to try to burst in the uh, dressing room last night and give him a healthy scratch again because we all know the story that happened there where they said uh, where where they said that uh, they, they were ready to healthy scratch him in Florida and the team basically revolted against that and good for them because he uh, broke the Iron Man streak uh, last night. Uh, we we talked about Mitch Marner a lot. Let's uh, let's hear from the Leafs winger. Of course, he had a goal factored in on a couple more in a Leafs four three shootout win. Here is Mitch Marner. <sighs> First up, we'll go to Kevin McGran, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, Mitch, certainly the power play was working tonight. Uh, walk us through what was working and what wasn't working for you tonight, as a team, I mean. 
Uh, well, obviously, five and five. I thought we did create some chances, but um, you'd like to leave this game with a five and five goal, even strength. And uh, I thought we did a lot of good things. Um, same time, we talked about challenging the goalie. I think we got to do a better job than the even strength wise. But uh, yeah, power play was working tonight. Uh, puck was moving fast. We had guys locked in and, and getting into spots quickly and um, no really brushing off pucks, just getting it to the net, having guys there. And uh, when we didn't score, getting the puck back quickly in our hands and um, getting another quick stick kind of through the net. And what'd you think of Jack tonight? Uh, he's great. I mean, he's great most nights. He just takes a lot of pressure on himself, like a lot of us do, and blames himself uh, for some of the stuff that he should never blame himself on. But um, we're very fortunate to have him in our net. Uh, he's done a lot of great things this year, and it's always a lot of fun to be on the ace competing with him because he's such a competitor. Thanks a lot. Next up, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Mitch, what did you see on uh, on your power play goal? Uh, yeah, um, just kind of chasing the puck down. Like I said, I thought we did a good job of not uh, staying on pucks, um, just making sure we had pressure on pucks regardless of what kind of happened before. And um, sit on the puck, went to Johnny, came to me. I think that's when I went to Willie and um, kind of got blocked out to Mo. And I just kind of curled up high and I was calling for it from Mo. And um, luckily enough, I got through all the traffic there and, and went in. This is obviously the first game with a bit of a different alignment up front. What do you make of the the idea of kind of spreading out the offense a little bit? Um, well, I think just we got a lot of guys that can play with a lot of guys, so I don't think it really bothers anyone. Um, I think chemistry grows pretty fast in this locker room, and uh, I think anyone is ready to play with anyone at any time. So um, something that uh, you can definitely work with and something that uh, everyone's ready for. Obviously, you've played with John a lot, Ilya as well. What's What was the feel with you guys tonight? Yeah, it was good. Um, thought we made some good plays. I thought uh, a couple times, you know, it's obviously just um, not playing together for a while, but uh, we had some plays there where we can, you know, talk about it a little more tomorrow and going forward about uh, just trying to find that F3 kind of to escape pressure and, and, and get the puck with more control and then make plays off of that. But I uh, thought uh, we worked extremely well in, in the D zone. Um, didn't give up a lot, um, but uh, I was happy with it. Thanks, Mitch. Uh, also, I want to just say one thing. Obviously, it's Bella's talk day, so... Um, I'm a big uh, mental health guy, believing in end. Uh, I think uh, you should never be afraid to speak out. Um, if you are in need, don't be afraid to talk to a friend, family member. Uh, also, if you're a friend or family member, never uh, be afraid to lend a hand out and, and ask people how they're doing. Uh, it's a serious time right now with everything going on. So make sure you're taking care of one another and uh, showing love to all you can. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, guys. There's Leafs forward Mitch Marner talking about a Leafs win tonight, talking about a very important issue as well at the uh, the tail end there. You know, we know him and Tavares. They've, they clicked so well. Marner was part of the recruiting pitch. They shot a lovely video of Marner skating around on the ice and used it to sell Tavares to come here. Another back playing together. Isn't that beautiful? Let's hear from the Leafs captain. Here's John Tavares. Go ahead, Kevin. John, obviously the... The power plays were working tonight. Um, what was your take on the game from the power plays to the five-on-five five to the uh, to the overtime? Well, I think the game as a whole, I think we liked the way we played. Uh, I don't think we really gave them a whole lot. Uh, obviously, special teams was, was huge tonight. I think for, for our power play, though, you know, we leave uh, uh, with a better taste in our mouth. Just giving up that goal, obviously, uh, things were working really well. We had good pressure again, trying to find another one, and... and uh, um, I think we're, we had good, you know, we're really in sync and in rhythm and, and reading really well off one another. And then obviously we give that one up. And even though I thought, I think we uh, played well five on five throughout the, the whole game, obviously we, we leave it to, uh, 
one chance, which uh, they ended up uh, finding a way to get one in the third. So uh, I know for us, we, you know, that's, we got to find a way to uh, make sure we're, we're just detailed all the way through, um, not taking our foot off the gas and understanding uh, the circumstances of the game. Uh, but overall, obviously, it was really strong, made a huge impact in the game. You know, we had plenty of chances. We hit a bunch of posts. Um, we had some really good looks um, all three periods and in the overtime. So uh, I think uh, a lot more better things to build upon. Uh, obviously, we still uh, want to clean up areas we, we, we uh, think we can be better in. But, um, yeah, I think we made uh, some good strides over the last couple of days and, and had a good effort tonight and good to get rewarded, even though not typically how we wanted to finish it. On that uh, – on that – Anaheim goal after the power play ended when Schultz comes out of the box. What was it uh, among the five of you? Were you guys tired? Was it an assignment missed? Like, were you just overly aggressive trying to get the fourth goal on that play? Like, uh, what happened in your mind? Yeah, I mean, we have we have the men advantage. So, um, you know, we're looking to be aggressive, but I think we have to be aware of where the clock's at. Um, and with it being the second period and, and uh, long change, um, and possibly trying to get uh, a second D back out on the ice uh, or at least somebody pulling out, um, you know, that's on me. And, and I think, uh, uh, I, I think I can speak for the rest of the guys being more aware of where that situation's at. So um, we obviously got to do a better job, even though we were creating good looks and really, really hungry for that next one to really open the game up and, and really make it div- difficult for them uh, heading into the third. Uh, but obviously that quickly changed. So I just, like I said, just goes to the show, the detail that we got to have each and every play, um, no matter how well it's going or, or even the pressure that we have. Um, so it's just finding that balance and, and understanding the circumstances at the time. Next up, we'll go to David Alter. Go ahead, Dave. Hey, John, what did you make of uh, skating with Ilya McKayev for much of the game tonight? Uh, I thought it was good. You know, Mickey's uh, been playing really well. Uh, obviously, his speed is such a weapon. He's just causes so much pressure on the opponent, closes time and space, and hurries plays. Uh, pucks get turnover. You seem to find more open ice because he, uh, he creates it for his line mates. Um, obviously a shot, uh, is a really good weapon. So, um, you know, just try to hound pucks and, and, uh, keep things alive, extend possessions offensively and attack the net. Um, and I think we had some good, uh, sequences there opportunities uh, to do that. Um, and that's what Mickey's great at. So, um, yeah, obviously a great guy to play with. And last one here, we'll go to Jonas Siegel with the athletic. Go ahead, Jonas. Hey, John, just following up on that, um, obviously you've played a ton with Mitch over the years. Does chemistry reassert itself right away, or do you find it takes time to kind of get that back? Yeah, it's a hard one to explain. I think at times, uh, maybe with certain guys or certain situations, uh, it can take a little longer. But um, I, I think just uh, the Mitchy style of play, he just makes it so much easier for his line mates in terms of his ability to uh, read the play, uh, his poise and, and deception. Uh, the ability to draw people to him and, and, you know, he's just got eyes everywhere. So he, he just so good at finding the open man and making, making the right decision, you know, nine out of 10 times, nine and a half out of 10 times. Uh, he's so good at it. So, you know, um, I've been really fortunate, uh, my time here playing with a guy like Mitchie and a guy like Willie, probably the most consistently, uh, two elite players that do different things, uh, do a great job of making their line mates better and create opportunities for them. Thanks, John. Thank you.
Not a bad landing spot for John Tavares. You know, obviously he started his career in the island, but then he comes here and it's pretty much one of Nylander or Marner for the entirety of his Leafs run here. Uh, not not bad at all. Uh, Tavares winning 60% of his faceoffs tonight, uh, firing six shots on goal. And of course, he uh, he gets a goal in the Leafs 4-3 shootout win. Uh, keep on listening. We'll have more Leafs Nation postgame here. Gord Stellick alongside me, Brent Gunning. Keep listening to Molson Canadian Leafs Hockey on Sportsnet 590. The Fan and the Maple Leafs Radio Network. Leafs Nation postgame, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me. About 15 more minutes left in the program here tonight. If you're just joining us, the Leafs, well, first things first, shame on you. You missed a barn burner. Leafs 4-3 winners in the shootout over the Ducks. 4-3 really doesn't do it justice. Uh, the first goal of the night was an own goal. Pierre Engvall bouncing it off of Jason Spezza and pass Jack Campbell. Uh, the third goal coming from Vinny Letary. It was a high tip. Tough to fall Campbell on that one. The only one he really had a shot on tonight was Jakob Silverbergs, which came at the tail end of a power play. So that's uh, an issue in and of itself. Uh, but the Leafs, they're able to thwart off the idea of uh, of blowing another lead, having another comeback here. And, you know, Gord, it's funny. The, the blowing leads have been such a topic of conversation, of course, going back to when it all started against Colorado, the team we were talking about just a couple minutes ago. Going back to the start of that game, the Leafs are 4 Two and one during all the time that they've been blowing leads and we can't trust them. And what's going on with this team? That's been their record during this stretch. So maybe we all just need to take everything with several grains of salt and just relax a little bit. Yeah. The word perspective, right. And, uh, it, but you know, it, it does get concerning. And I, I, like I mentioned, I think always there's that knee jerk reaction because what happened last year in the playoffs, but, uh, uh, it's not like the Maple Leafs have generally rolled over. They've come back, found ways to win the majority of the game. So you could say it's a little concerning night that happened again. But as I mentioned, very different smell test for this. This this is one that for 60 minutes or 65 minutes, really, hey, another great overtime too, another pretty yeah. good overtime. Uh, but the, the, Leafs, the Leafs certainly dominated the 60 minutes. No, they did. This this felt so different than when Vegas was charging back, or of course it felt different than when Colorado was charging back, or the Blues game where you were kind of charging back and forth on on one another. It just it it this this game felt like it was more bounces. And when it's been like this for when when you've had leads slip away and as many games as the Leafs have, I know people don't want to hear us say bounces, but that's what it did feel like. Tonight felt like bounces. Other times it hasn't been the case. The other thing that I think is really gonna help this team and look if if they're concerned if it looks concerning it's not going to help this team but a game like tonight where you still eke out the win despite playing as well as it does it just allows you know we put it all on Sheldon Keefe but I, I put it on the leaders of this team it allows everybody to kind of hammer home that message more of accountability the game is not over till it's over like it just avoids any complacency setting in whereas if this was the 5-1 laugher that it looks like it was going to be for a minute maybe you don't uh, get a chance uh, to to do that yeah yeah no i i agree i agree like, yeah like like you know we keep um we just keep picking up positives which we should sometimes you end up just uh over critiquing things uh, and uh it, it was uh that i wanted to see uh the rolling of the lines there really wasn't a weak line uh it's funny so, um, 
someone always asks, well, how do you think so-and-so played? Like when they ask how Jack Campbell played or just, I mean, what are they going to say, right? And uh, <laughs> he played, you know, he played fine, but he, he wasn't a difference maker. Gibson was a difference maker tonight on the other side. He just didn't, he, he came up with saves. Certainly that one in the shootout was a tough one, but uh, anyway, I was just, uh, I was just happy from it. We watch all the games. We cover them all. And that was a solid one. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, it is always funny uh, when when you when you see that. How the goalie play? I don't know. He's a goalie, man. The Canucks got themselves into trouble all those years ago when they slapped the C on Roberto uh, Roberto Luongo and asked him and made him opine on how the team was playing. It's best to just kind of keep it to yourself there. And again, you know, we've we've seen goaltending in the past, not this year, but we've seen goaltending in this town do teams in, and the team never comes out and says, "Well, yeah, the goalie completely tanked us." Like you're not going to get that answer either. So yes. Sometimes it is a uh, a bit of a uh, a bit of a fool's errand there. Uh, ob- obviously, when you have a game like tonight where you're just dominating play, I think the thing you need to do is you need to have this become more a habit. Now, look, you're not going to be able to do this every single night. It's really tough to play as well as you did tonight. But it just seems to me like now that you've got your line set, the team is relatively healthy. We'll we'll see what happens with. Uh, sorry, Tristan, uh, can you buzz in my ear one more time? What'd you say? I say Luke Fox. Oh, we have Luke Fox ready. I'm sitting here tap dancing like Fred Astaire. Was that a tap dancer? I don't know. It sounds like one. Uh, Luke Fox joins us now. Luke Fox Jukebox. You would know. You're a music guy. Uh, how you doing, Luke? I'm, I'm doing well. I was just in, enjoying your analysis here for five minutes, but uh, no, it's good. Hey, buddy, you don't look, uh, you know, everybody else has to listen to the radio uh, for that in our podcast. You could call me and I'll give you many minutes of analysis anytime you want. No, we want your take, Luke. Uh, Look, we were saying this has been this wasn't St. Louis. This wasn't Colorado. uh, This wasn't the Golden Knights. This was a to me, it felt like a game where you had a couple of bad bounces. And otherwise, this was a dominating victory. This didn't feel like the other leads that slipped away to me. No, no, not at all. The the Maple Leafs controlled this game basically from beginning to end. Um, even in the three-on-three overtime, I thought they had the better chances. Uh, you know, they, they get a win, and they had the second-best goalie. Like, John Gibson, 41 saves, I think. Like, he was, he was phenomenal. Um, and there was moments where the Leafs were just coming at them in waves, and the scoreboard wasn't really reflective of how the, the game went. And it's kind of funny you know, a couple of players pointed out, you know, they didn't get a an even strength goal all game. All three Leafs goals came on the power play, which is absolutely clicking right now. Um, but, you know, against a, a weaker goalie, they probably get one or two at even strength and, and it's a blowout. Um, so, hey, you take the win and move on. It, it probably should have been more lopsided. Yeah, they they got caught at the end of that. That second half of that five on three, uh, Jack Campbell probably wants that one back and, and all that. We could nitpick, but, you know, they, they pick up a win and they uh, controlled the game from front to back pretty much. Yeah, not the game to nitpick. And uh, and one neat part uh, on a night where the player picked right in front of him, Dylan Strom had a hat trick for the Chicago Blackhawks. Just, you know, uh, he has never really embraced what was expected from the third overall pick. Uh, I thought that was, or we thought, you know, Mitch Marner, uh, power play goals, short-handed goals, even strength goals, six shots on net. You know, more of the flash and panache from Mitch Marner, which, you know, we really hadn't seen in the playoffs last year or this season all that much, even though his stats are pretty good. Yeah, he's been feeling it. Ever since he got out of quarantine and came back from COVID, 
he's been a jolt of energy to the group um, on and off the ice. The guys have been raving about him, and he's looked back to his, his old self. Um, he just seems relaxed and, and is playing with the puck lots, creating plays. Uh, he was firing the puck quite a bit tonight, and you know it took him 100 games to get back into the power play goal column, but now he's done it twice in in a week and a half or so here, uh, and both really pretty ones. You know that the the first one w- was absolutely perfectly placed shot top corner, and this one was like a, a surprise one timer from from some distance, but but two good shots. And, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of the heartbeat of this team. Like, when, when he's going well, I, I feel it's really contagious amongst the group. And when he's down in the dumps, that's also contagious in, in the wrong way, right? Um, so it, it's good, I think, for the Leafs to have him back and feeling it. And, I, I, you know, he, he says he, he's fine playing with anyone, but you could tell that John Tavares likes having Mitch back on his line. Yeah, and why wouldn't he? And man, you mentioned the Marner power play goal tonight. Like, we do the eye test with how the team played. I do the eye test on that goal specifically. Sometimes you can get a hold of a slap shot, a one-timer like that, and it's a little wobbly. That that was clean. He hammered yeah. that thing. Like, that was powdered off his stick. And it's like, if that is going to be a part of Mitch Marner's power play repertoire, we kind of have to rethink not necessarily his ceiling, but I don't know, maybe maybe his ceiling a little bit. You know, just kind of expanding it at whole to to the way the the new look lines looked you know I think part of it was a little weird in that because of the run of power play time you didn't necessarily have those lines out there for for a ton of long runs of play but I mean how can you not like what you saw out of that group and I'd imagine this will be something that Keith feels he can experiment with going forward especially because he was able to keep Nylander so much involved offensively. Yeah, it's really. I think it's really smart, right? Like you, you've hit these kind of dog days uh, of the season, right? We're kind of at the mid-season point. The All-Star break's not quite here. Uh, we're not quite into the the playoff push, and it's a way to keep the guys engaged, and it's a way to also plan for the playoffs because something's going to happen in the postseason where someone gets injured or a line is getting shut down like we saw and I'm sure this is he hasn't said this but I'm sure this is partly Sheldon Keefe learning from his own mistake of not splitting Matthews and Marner against that Philip Deneau line against Montreal and kind of being stubborn and sticking with it and Montreal solving that line and once they solved that line they solved everything. This is a coach kind of seeing what else he has in the toolbox. He can he knows he can go back to bunting Matthews Marner if he needs to because that works but he's like what what else do I have can I spread things out and make it more difficult I think it's a perfect time in the season to try it it's also they're entering a relatively soft stretch of their schedule here next game is in Detroit uh, against the Red Wings on Saturday and then they got a couple against New Jersey I think this is a perfect time to try something new Um, keep guys on edge help guys develop some chemistry with different players they might not normally play with. And then you notice um, in some key offensive zone draws and at times uh, he'll put together a, a power play, uh, not a power play line, but like a, a super line of, of like Tavares, uh, Matthews, and Nylander, or Tavares, Nylander, and Marner. Um, you know, I noticed a couple of times he did that tonight. And it's kind of like, okay, here's a key ozone shift. We'll do that. Or conversely, on a D-zone shift where they need a stop, I notice he also put, uh, you know, Camp, McKayev, and Kerfoot and kind of reverted back to the more defensive players. So it's kind of another layer to his coaching that's going on here. And maybe it's it's going to be tricky to, to keep 
players in rhythm and keep them in- engaged, but that's on Keith to make sure it all works. Yeah, it is. It's so funny how we get bogged down in well, line one, two, and three, and it's like, guys, we could shake it up. Like that's that's yeah. the skeleton, but it's not set in stone at all times. Uh, Luke, thanks so much. I appreciate you joining us to hear my thoughts, and I really appreciate <laughs> you giving us yours. Okay, have a great night, guys. There he goes, Luke Fox. Uh, read him uh, at Sportsnet.ca, the Sportsnet app. Always, always love getting Luke Fox on with us. We got a couple more nuggets of gold from this game to to mine out for you. Leafs shootout winners at home over the Ducks. Gord Stellick alongside me, Brent Gunning. We will continue to wrap things up. Keep listening to Leaf Station post game on Sportsnet five ninety. The fan. Leafs take care of business with a 4-3 shootout win at home over the Ducks. Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares get the goals in regulation. It's Jason Spezza and Austin Matthews finding the back of the net in the shootout. Jack Campbell gets the win. Uh, Gord, I think tons, tons, tons of positives to like. Obviously, the fact that it had to go in overtime, had to go in a shootout. You don't love that, but uh, we, we will nitpick other games this year. I don't think we need to do that about tonight. No, and actually some uh, pretty uh, flexing the muscle of the shootout, some pretty nice plays, some nice goals. And uh, for the Maple Leafs, it was a, a win they deserved to have. And uh, they they didn't for a bit. Uh, you know, again, another lead blown. But as we say, very, very different. Luke Fox reaffirmed it as well. Different smell test. And uh, can't wait. At least we're going to get down there Monday for the game against the New Jersey Devils. I know fans won't be there yet, but hopefully that is soon around the corner. Hopefully, hopefully it seems like we're coming out of this sucker. Oh, Gord, you and I, we're going to be like long-lost lovers running towards each other on the beach in slow motion, except it'll be both of us to the it'll pizza machine. It'll be slow machine. motion. Yeah, I can it will be, be slow motion. motion. Yeah. Be both of us to the pizza machine uh, when we get back down there. I can't wait. Of course, that's Monday. That's the Leafs' next home game. That comes against the Devils. But before that, the Leafs are back at it Saturday night. Hockey Night in Canada against the Red Wings. That one's on the road in Detroit. Gord, you and I will be back with a post-game pod. Then we got our Sunday show. Lots of us this week and plenty, plenty of us in February. Thanks so much to everybody out there listening. Leafs Nation postgame. Leafs are 4-3 winners at home over the Ducks. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with a post-game pod on Saturday.